Hashtag SAFMBTH. It's 13 minutes after 4 o'clock, 0614-104-107. And you can also drop me an X at Aldrin St. Pierre. Our studio line is 086-000-2032. And uh, we move over to this story next, the one that we're telling you about, um, the research that has been conducted by Youth Capital, which has found that 8 in 10 young South Africans have to choose between looking for work and buying food because of the high cost of job hunting. Um, in the study, the advocacy campaign has uh, quantified that a young person spends around 1,469 rand a month uh, to find work. And we now speak to Crystal Duncan-Williams, who is the project lead at Youth Capital. Crystal, good afternoon. Thank you so much um, for making time for us. So tell us more about the research and what you have found, the costs that are involved in finding work. Thanks so much, Aldrin. We ran the survey back in 2021, um, and that uh, you know, unplanned, but coincided with the riots um, and the taxi strikes here in Cape Town. And, you know, back then, we found the cost to be, you know, over a thousand rand a month. And so this uh, year, we wanted to release updated stats. And so we let the survey run for six months, you know, to account for any fluctuations like taxi strikes or anything that we couldn't plan for. And, um, and we are somewhat saddened to find that the results remain similar. You know, we ran it from May last year until October last year. We had over 10,000 young people respond to an online survey. And we still find that the cost of job seeking is staggeringly high for young people, driven mainly by transport costs. Driven mainly by transport costs. So what sort of intervention then should we be seeing on that particular part? Because the perception has also been created that finding work should become much easier because of uh, the digital era that we are in. Um, But then you also have the element of having to find um, transport money. And we Mm. know, of course, we have issues with our public transport system. Mm. So I think the one positive for me from, you know, rerunning the study again now is that we do see that data cost as a component of the total cost does seem to actually be going down. So you think in real times with inflation, um, it's probably decreased, um, you know, significantly. And young people report using data-free platforms a lot more. And so I think that's a good thing. We're sort of addressing this issue of data accessibility. But as you say, on the transport front, still a problem, you know. Because the public transport system does not work really um, very well, young people are forced to use taxis, and taxis are actually the most expensive um, type of public transport. Um, And so that's really a hindrance for young people. And so one of the the things we say that businesses could do um, now is when you're hiring young people, do the interview online so far as ne- is necessary. And if a young person must come in, you know, for that final round of interviews, then provide an Uber voucher or just, a, you know, some cash towards the taxi fare. And that can really go away to alleviate the, the barrier for young people to, to access these interviews. So, so who's footing that bill? Yeah, well, I think, you know, nationally government needs to fix public transport systems. Mm. We need a, a railway and bus service that works. We know in certain provinces it works, and in other provinces it doesn't. Um, and I know that the city of Cape Town has just recently launched um, a, a link to the Golden Arrow bus service, mm-hmm. um, some kind of stipend for young people to use Monday to Friday, and there's a limit on how many trips they can take. So there are interventions like that, you know, from government side. Um, but then also, you know, from business side, um, I do think that 
the cost of, of taxi fare, you know, if you shortlisted candidates and it's the last round of um, of interviews, it's actually not that much of a cost for, for big businesses to pay. Um, I realize for small businesses, you know, it's an unrealistic expectation. But I think for bigger businesses that are able to do that, it's, it's, they should step up to the plate and take that responsibility. Mm-hmm. What about um, the um, SRD grant? Because mm-hmm. we're told mm-hmm. that uh, some young people would also be using the SRD grant to actually try and find work. Of course, the 350 mm-hmm. is far less than the mm-hmm. 1,469 average that you have found. Mm. Has the SRD grant gone a long way in trying to assist young people to find work? Yeah, so according to our survey, um, young people do rely on on grants for supporting their work-seeking behavior. And uh, 32% of those, 3 in 10, say they rely on some kind of government grant to support their work-seeking. And so it's definitely true that the things like the SRD grant, or there's you know been studies that are even older than that, saying that young people use the pension fund of you know their granny and their house to to fund their job seeking. So these grants are helping young people, um, and it kind of goes towards the argument of a basic income grant um, to really kind of catch those who are at the bottom um, of the poverty lines and and need this money because young people are saying you know eighteen ten are saying they have to choose between putting food on the table or, or looking for work. And that's exactly the same statistic we found when we ran the survey two years ago. So things have not improved for young job seekers. Okay. And finally, from family side, um, what do you think we can do to try and help support those people who mm-hmm. are looking for work? So, you know, we had some quotes from young people. Um, you know, 70% or 7 in 10 young people say they rely on a family member to support them financially to look for work and so that obviously we need that support to continue but young people say they feel bad because they look for work for months and years at a time um, and their family members eventually say you know are you really looking for a work with you know with this money or what is happening because I keep giving you money and you still don't have a job and so I think as family members you really understand the real struggle that young people face they aren't jobs um, for entry level work seekers and and to continue supporting young people that in that way and to contribute financially um, or provide young people with a laptop or some data so they could do some of the online data um, costs are mitigated in that way uh, and also to help young people prepare for interviews you know they keep, young people are applying for jobs that they're not suited for spending money on CVs and taxi fees to hand in CVs for jobs that they're actually not going to get. And so if you know a young person, whether it's a family or friend, you know, sit with that young person and help them apply for jobs that are aligned with their skills and abilities. Do you find that there is also a different way around how young people are approaching the job-seeking process? Um, is is mm. there in an innovative way at all that we can also look into into how, again, we assist them to help find them, to help find these jobs? I remember many, many years ago, and I have to say very privileged right now that I actually have a job. But back then, um, going from firm to firm, knocking on their door, asking, um, do you have any vacancies available um, for an entry-level job? And sometimes you, you find a sign at the door that says, no job. Mm. So, I mean, online platforms go away towards that. Things like SAUs, we need employees to advertise there because young people do look there for work opportunities. But I think despite all of this 
technology and innovation, you do find young people still doing exactly that. I'm also reminded of being a high schooler looking for part-time work and going to the local mall and handing my CV in at every single shop. And, and we know that young people are still doing that. So I think, you know, creating awareness about public um, uh, online platforms, sorry, and making sure that employees use those platforms because often we find that young people are there, but employers are not advertising entry-level jobs on those platforms. Um, and so I think both on both sides, a little bit of behavior change is probably necessary. Mm-hmm. And doing uh, virtual interviews, perhaps. Exactly. Interviewing online, you know, for myself, we have a three-stage hiring process. At that first level of interview, we always do online interviews. We provide data for young, for young people to attend those interviews. And I would encourage other prospective employers to do the same. Thank you so much for your time. Crystal Duncan Williams there um, joining us on the research that they've conducted looking at the cost of looking for work.